Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beater, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. All right, so round three, here. fight. And this time, we're in my house. So what you're hearing right now is me going to the fridge, having another beer, and going back and sitting down at my chair. Um, and the good thing about having this beer is something very unique, is I get to crack it and reach across the table and cheers Justin Bean, our very own Beaner, who is sitting across the table for me for the first time hey. ever. What's up? Yeah, Darty's here too. I got to experience that beer in ASMR first. So audience, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Because it was, that was cracking open a cold one with the boy. A... <laughs> cracking open a cold one uh, with the beans. That, that, that was the most satisfying crack, honestly. Oh, I'm so glad that worked. Darty is with us in spirit. Um, he's over in, uh, in his home. But, you know, we always make this work because that's what podcasting is in 2022. It's all digital, baby. Don't have to be in the same place. And that is why we have so much competition now. (laughs) So let's, uh, have you guys seen this, how to be a Leafs fan month by month? Let's start with that. Let's, let's. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I really like that. As though we haven't already started this podcast. <laughs> For Justin and I, this is I really the fourth like that time. segment where we start with Darty telling you about a movie he didn't enjoy on Netflix. <laughs> Completely unrelated <laughs> to the leaves. <laughs> so sometimes, um, especially when there's not much going on in hockey, uh, a lot of these shows are just off the cuff. Like, I write some notes down of topics we're going to cover. And I don't read them. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most people don't read them. I don't know. I, I write them because some people appreciate them. Um, during the games, I kind of take some notes. I know Steph takes a ton, but a lot of it is just like, you know, in the moment. Because that's what being a sports fan is, is reacting emotionally and not rationally to anything. Uh, so <laughs> what that comes with is sometimes we can get like 15 or 20 minutes into an episode and just go, Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> scrap this and start over. Uh, we had technical difficulties on the last one, but um, yeah, let's let's try that again. So uh, Justin's here. Welcome to Ottawa, Justin. <laughs> so for the third time, what you doing here, bud? Well, for those that don't know, I'm a mobile EVT. They don't know because they don't hear the ones that I'm not putting out. <laughs> <laughs> Some people out there know me. Oh, that's fair. You have mentioned it. Um, so I literally drive all over the province, fixing and inspecting and testing and servicing fire trucks. Mighty machines. So there's a route that I typically do for services and inspections that comes up this way. And I figured I'd take advantage of it this year and meet you in the flesh. Yeah. We've been trying to do this for a while, ever since that came up that you are uh, frequently out of this way. Um, so now that means I've met Steph once for... I mean, it was an overnight. We went to a game, did a whole road trippy. And uh, now Justin. So, Darty, when are you going to come out? When am I coming out there? Because you're the it's only one. Otto, Wee Wawa, Wee That would require me to be doing government business, I guess. <laughs> I haven't been. I, I went to Ottawa 
the last time was in September for a wedding at the, um, I think it was like the Air and Space Museum or whatever, where they have all the planes. Oh, that it was a, fun. It was a pretty cool, for me, I'm like, I'm like, I can't believe I'm going to a wedding here. This was like, this was like a huge treat for me. Like everybody was enjoying their wedding. I was literally like wandering the museum. I was, I felt like, like Ben Stiller, like, you know, night in the museum. I swear to God. I was like, man, like look at all these planes. Like I feel like I was texting my wife the entire time too. Like check out this plane. Like this was, this one's in world war two. This, this is a piece of the Avro arrow. I was like, I, you know, like I just, I didn't know you could do weddings there. I, I did. You know what? I'm just glad I got the invite. It's one of the very few weddings. Like you know, you know when you go to a wedding, you're like, oh man, I gotta fork out some dough. You know, I gotta sit around for average, you know, food. It's some, man, some weddings I've been to are so expensive, and yet like the food is garbage. Like I, I'll tell you one thing. All right, before we move on to sports, if you go to a wedding, the cheapest ones are usually the best because they usually load it up with the penne pasta. You can never go wrong with penne pasta. Wedding steaks, wedding chicken, wedding fish, there's always something wrong with it. I've, it doesn't matter how expensive a wedding I go to. There's always like, you know, whether you get your food last or you you get your food cold. It's like, man, give me a wedding where they just load up on the on the BS, like the pasta, right? I, at least I know I, I'm going to eat my fill of something. <laughs> what I'm gathering here is Mandarin buffet wedding. Problem solved. <laughs> Okay, I got two things on that, Dirty. One, um, vintage airplanes. Did you know that you can get a flight in a Lancaster from the Hamilton Airport? Do not tempt me because I will, I will do it. <laughs> I, my my um, mom's boyfriend and I looked into it because we were both very interested. Take a stab at how much it is. Is it in is it in the $1,000 range? Like, like a $1,500 thing or like a $400 thing? Higher. Okay, higher. higher. So it's like What? A, Thirty-six hundred dollars a seat. Get the! F- Are you joking? What? Because no, of the for a sixty-minute flight for the in a Lancaster. The tax receipt amount thirteen hundred dollars. But still, thirty-six hundred dollars per seat. So what's that? The the fuel and the pilot probably to and, keep that okay. thing running, right? Where you can get parts for that. Yeah, I think there's only two or three left that actually fly. I just remember Wild. playing. And then with regards to it. weddings. Um, my wife and I got married at the Butterfly Conservatory in Cambridge. Oh, no way. That was pretty cool. And food-wise, apple butter pork. Mm. Yum. Can't go wrong there. Anyways, hockey. Hockey. So, uh, <laughs> how to be a Leafs fan month by month. July to September is watch baseball season. And I know we just spent some time talking about this. And you know what? I'm going to cut it out from our last one and put it in <laughs> so we don't have to go over the Honestly, so what you're going to hear now, what you're going to hear now is a conversation that happened 10 minutes ago about the Jays from Darty and I. You're not going to learn anything. You're going to, <laughs> you're going to feel stupider after having listened to it, but we recorded it. So you're going to listen because you are, God damn it. We recorded it. All right. It was valuable. <laughs> it took valuable time. Oh, if you're a Jays fan, it's pretty insufferable but um it really it really depends on like like I, I don't think i speak for most fans especially like that's a good reason why i come on this show right like i offer an opinion that is alternative to people most people's opinions and then they get riled up and then they message me and send me mean things on in my dms and then i cry a little bit and uh <laughs> yeah but uh, besides that um yeah the jays are, are pretty they get in a bad spot right now i guess because 
I would assume with if you're if you're following the Jays that you probably thought they'd be doing a lot better, that they'd be kicking ass, that even if their pitching was terrible, that they'd be able to outscore their pitching woes. But uh, looks like they're not doing that. And which here's my contrary opinion is I'm just happy the Jays are over 500. Like I've spent the past decade of you know sports analysts bitching about how the Jays are going to get to 500. Jays are going to get to 500. They have not been under 500. Uh, at all at uh, this season and you know what changed what, what when, when did we change the benchmark for how for what is good for the jays and what's not good for the jays like i don't know i feel like this team was overvalued from the get-go and people are just disappointed that they're not kicking ass but again in my head we're the jays our theme song is literally okay blue jays let's play ball not okay blue jays go kick some ass all right so like you know you would set your bar a little it's bit not, lower, Jays fuck yeah, fans. Blue Jays. I'm sorry. It's okay, Blue Jays. Exactly, right? Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm going to get a lot of hate for that, but it's like, I think people are over have overvalued this team from the start, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But the level of vitriol and hate towards the Jays, like, oh, they're sucking, they're terrible. They're literally over 500, which was the benchmark for the entire decade. So literally shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> like I'm sorry. Well, I mean, when you see... When you see the the firing of the manager and, you know, everyone was talking about the team coming into the season was going to be fantastic. It's just, you know, you expect some sort of change to happen. And even since Montoya's gone, it's just been kind of status quo there. Like they win a couple and they lose a couple. It's not like the all-star team that we were sold. And even with the additions at the trade deadline, it's just been really mediocre at best. Like, I mean, they're not bad, but they're not fantastic either. And that's, that's where I, I, I just like, I've always, from the beginning of the season, I had my, my expectations low. I just, because they're the Jays, I don't like, I feel like people think, oh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, so they, the Toronto Maple Leafs have to be good because they're, you know, they're the Toronto Maple Leafs, but it's like the Jays are not the Toronto Maple Leafs of their league. The Jays, you know, <laughs> the Jays are the Jays of their league. The Yankees are the Yankees, right? The Toronto Maple Leafs are, you know, like... We we can we could have more. I feel like our hate is more justified if this kind of situation was happening with the Leafs than with the Jays. I don't know. Call me crazy. I just don't value the Jays that like in their own league in the MLB. Um, like I, you know, obviously loyal Jays fans do right now. And said so there's and I also just think it's crazy. Like the level of like like hate. The level of oh this team sucks. Like again, you spent the entire decade bitching and complaining about just getting to 500, and now we've been consistently you know above 500 this entire. This entire season, yeah, we've had moments of on and off of you know sucking and being great and sucking again. But it's like, I don't know, like, what do you want? Like, do you want your team to just be miserable because the the, the city hates you? Like, then then you're basically the Toronto Maple Leafs. Welcome to Toronto. There we go. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's it's hard because like the Jays kind of fall into the same thing that the Raptors do, where it's like because they're the only Canadian team, they get the pressure of being like you know representing Canada on the grand scheme of the sport and like really the jays are not going to live up to that because the popularity is not there the money is not ever going to be put into it like people aren't going to come up here to play i'm not saying ever but it's just it's not currently the way that the league is leaning i don't know as i was saying i don't like, watch a lot of baseball even so with, like even i with, could be completely wrong in saying that but well, absolutely like we, we, we we're both we, we can you know people are gonna flame us on twitter or whatever but it's like I said, like when we're talking about the Leafs, like the you know the Leafs are the Lakers of their league, right? The Jays are not. The Jays are not the Yankees of their league. That's who the Yankees are. That's who the Boston Red Sox are. So like you know when people are losing their mind about the Jays not being absolutely phenomenal and blowing people out, it's like 
well, they're the Jays, all right? They're the okay Blue Jays. Let's play ball. Like I said, like maybe well, it's wrong for me to accept mediocrity. I just don't feel that strong. Like I watch the Jays. I love the Jays. I love going to Jays games. But it's like, I guess, you know, seeing the hate level toward, I'm like, yo, save that, save that hate for the Leafs, all right? Like I want that same passion with the Leafs. <laughs> and we're back. So uh, October, after first win of the season, planned Stanley Cup parade. Um, yeah. So late April, cheer for whoever plays Montreal. That didn't apply last season. They were in last place. I get it. But like, I don't know. There's teams that I hate more in the current iteration of the Leafs than Montreal. Like they just haven't been a factor outside of like, yes, I know they just played them in the playoffs a year ago, but outside of that, there's not much of a rivalry there anymore. They, they're never good and bad at the same times. Anyway. Uh, we then we got even, May. Cre- Sorry, go, go ahead, Derek. No, I was just going to say, we can't even get a real rivalry because, yeah, like any chance we had at like competing against them the year after they murdered Tavares, they just sucked. So they like did it for us, you know? Like, right? <laughs> it's no fun just watching them lose. I want to like beat them to the point where they're. Are we still rivals with the Bruins, though, uh, fellows? Like, is that because uh, it looks like they're trying to they're doing some crazy magic again? Like, like, yes and no. I'd say the fact that the team's coming back together as it was, you know, when everything happened in 2012. But at the same time, these guys are 10 years older than they were then. I don't think it's as dangerous as it was then, but I still feel that, like, it's still there deep down. I still dislike the fact that Krejci and Pasternak and Bergeron and all these guys are back together and with Marshawn it's like oh god well apparently Krejci looked at Bergeron and said this was their last dance so do you take that as like let's go all in or I don't know if we should have done this I think it's their they think they can still win one so that's why Krejci came back that's why Bergeron came back oh god (laughs) okay (laughs) Imagine, so imagine question, if yeah, and Kessel came back. Them. They're like, we got one more in us. <laughs> if they got Kessel back on like a league man, I wouldn't be mad about that. <laughs> At this point, the guy's sitting around waiting for something. That would be really funny, honestly. I would go for that. Phaneuf, I don't think he's ever going to play. Um, I'd rather Phaneuf than Hall. Create conspiracy theory that the playoffs are rigged and the Habs own the refs. That's May. Conspiracy fact. Um, all right. Conspiracy fact. So it's weird. Late April is cheer for whoever plays Montreal, and then it's rigged. The Habs, I don't know, the Habs own the refs, but the Habs will be golfing soon. I don't know. That's a little inconsistent. Like, I get it, but like, okay. Ha ha ha. Habs fans, you're so funny. We haven't heard this all before. It's all new to us, right? Yeah. This sounds like it was written by a Habs fan. June, um, pick one of the two teams left in the final and pretend they were always your second favorite team. Yeah, see, this sounds like it was written passive-aggressively, passive-aggressively by a Habs fan because they reference only the Habs as the other team, and no Leafs fan would only reference the Habs yeah. as another NHL team. But anyone talking about their own team would talk about the Leafs and reference themselves only in it, so... Congrats, Habs. You just played yourselves. You can tell by the Sherlock Holmes view. The Franglais translation. Uh-uh. How does it feel to look stupid? <laughs> uh, okay, good, so... Good one. 
Good one. <laughs> um, COVID-19 protocols changed. That's kind of, I mean, it's, it's not super exciting, so let's not spend a whole ton of time on that. But um, the NHLPA a couple hours ago announced that they are changing how they're handling it this year. The biggest changes are that if you are within the first five days of isolation and you're asymptomatic, you need two, it seems, uh, two or more consecutive daily lab-based PCR tests, which are negative, the individual may exit isolation. So if within the first five days they test negative two days in a row, they can go back to the team. That is a new thing. If they have symptoms, though, it gets a little tougher, and it's five days after testing positive or symptoms first appeared. Um, there's other testing that goes on. Um, they can be in isolation up to 10 days if they have uh, symptoms. But Justin, you notice E here with the cardiac screening thing. Do you want to touch on that? Yeah, I was just quickly reading through it to see if anything jumped out at me. And I was really intrigued with this addition in it. So it's called cardiac screening upon completion of the period of isolation. Any player who exhibits or has exhibited any of the following symptoms during their illness, basically lists every symptom of COVID must have cardiac consultation and testing. So to me, it not only are they showing that they're, they're not just doing the status quo and just let's get back to playing. They're trying to, make sure that the players are good to go but they're also acknowledging that there is some potential long-term effects from getting it yeah and this is from the pa not from the league so this is them looking out for their players saying look if any of them get it we want to make sure that before they get back on the ice and are giving you know 110 percent skating that uh you know that's not going to cause any long-term damage to them because sure we can go back to to work in our nine to fives or whatever it may be after getting COVID, but, you know, going back to professional sports is a little tougher on your body. This uh, is like specifically <clears> heart, <throat> heart related, right? Because I, I remember early yeah. in the, um, the first, uh, first, second, uh, wave, uh, first and second waves of COVID, uh, when the, the young like NCAA athletes were getting it, but then they survived, but then they couldn't perform as well. And it was all like cardiac, cardiac related then. And I just, it interests me. We haven't really seen so much of that with, you know, full grown adults yet um, come to pass. We haven't seen like, you know, um, at least in the past past year, I, I don't know anything off the top of my head of, uh, of you know, a full grown adult athlete in any of the major leagues just dropping dead. Right. So it's still, it's, it is curious to, to know that they're making such a huge emphasis on that. Right. So it's, you know, it's good to, it's good and bad in the sense of like, it's kind of scary that it's still a possibility that, you know, we haven't, we haven't seen, you know, knock on wood, we've been very fortunate that no, none of our young athletes in the NHL has just, you know, just got, you know, died of COVID, I guess. Right. But Hey, it's crazy. It's crazy that like, even, you know, we're in our new maskless phase, you know, if everything feels like it's supposed to be normal, quote unquote, but like, you know, we still, we still got to worry about this stuff, right? No, of course. And the other side of um, the protocols here that they've changed is that uh, if you are not vaccinated, which really applies to one person and uh, you miss any of your team duties because of the travel restrictions that you have chosen to take on, uh, they can suspend you. The team can suspend you. So 
Um, again, this is very much, can you imagine? Okay. This is a funny one because we've talked about, and other shows have talked about players that have gotten a rule implemented because of something they did. This is a very strange case of one player doing something that got a rule implemented in the NHL because it has nothing to do with playing hockey, but really they had to write in a whole clause about suspending a player for one guy. That's pretty funny. I got to say. Just goes to show you what the league thinks of Bertuzzi. Yeah. yeah. It's not even it's not even cool like the Brodeur rule. It's like kind of lame. The Bertuzzi Bertuzzi rule is kind of lame. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> the Bertuzzi rule, you can get suspended if you refuse to follow uh federal health guidelines. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> well done. In the NBA they call it the Kyrie Irving. So, um I'm going to, what you're now going to hear is our conversation that we recorded about the World Juniors. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I'm just not doing this. We should again. just cut that. I want, like, we didn't really get much of Bean in any of those conversations. And, and you know, for all, for all the effort that Bean has put in, we, he deserves more airtime. All right. So that's true. We'll cut the World Juniors. We could do that again. <laughs> that's where it fell out. All right. So, have either of you been watching the World Juniors? Because I know I haven't. I don't know if I can name a, a reason why, but it's just the combination of it's August, it's junior hockey, Hockey Canada sucks, and there's no like big names because of the timing of it. They're all signed already. So there's really only Connor Bedard there for Canada. Mason McTavish. Mason McTavish, too. Then you have some... But wasn't he, he's already signed, too. He was just let... Yeah, he was in Anaheim, yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple of people there, but overall, the draft has already happened, so it seems odd, like a month after the draft. I feel like there's a lot of factors why this is just not a good time for the World Juniors. But uh, they still happen. And uh, Canada won 11-1, to I saw, a game against... Canada's just been destroying... Yeah, it's nuts. There was the Michigan. There's like McTavish and Bedard who had that play back and forth. It was absolutely fucking disgusting. I don't know if you saw that. I think it was from the 11-1 game against Slovakia, I think they were playing. Bedard kind of just lobbed a puck out into open space. McTavish skated into it and then right back to Bedard. Yeah, it did like a delay. Like it looks like they're playing NHL 22. Like the way that they move, it's like the fake outs and they'll switch back another way. Man, it's so gross. But um, Canada side, Latvia, congrats. Congrats. Where's my where's my clappity clap? Claps. Latvia won a game, guys. That deserves a round of applause. It definitely does. I've never done it before. They beat Czechia. Who was like, you know, a known hockey country. So... To be fair to... Oh, wait, no, that's Slovakia. Never mind, I'll shut up. I was going to say Czechia doesn't have Slavkovsky and Nemec, but that's Slovakia, not Czechia. We had that... So I'm not sure if we're going to... We're still going to include it, but remember we had a whole yeah. uh, a whole um, talk about lo- losing to Latvia. <laughs> Sounds like a good movie. <laughs> like a Hallmark movie. <laughs> losing to Latvia, the um, original from Lifetime from Dirty Birder. Love it. 
And shout out to Ralph Bergmanis, the stay-at-home defenseman from Latvia who had a hat trick that game. Yeah, what? Like, this team has never won, and they come out with... Did this guy just, like, single-handedly carry the team, or...? He scored the leading goal, and then scored two right after that to ensure the win. This guy's only got 14 points in 50 games last year in the USHL. So it's not like he's Kale McCarr. He's just the Kale McCarr of Latvia. Uh, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that matters. Oh, God. Uh, so we've got a couple people there. Hervinen's there, isn't he? Hervinen's there. Niemel is there. They both nice. been playing really well for Finland. Oh, good. Um, Hervinen's actually showing that he's maybe not as far away as everybody thinks. And then Nyes hasn't really been needed. There's been some people criticizing him, but for most of the tournament so far, the U.S. has not really faced any challenges. And then against Sweden, it was a little tougher, so Nyes didn't wake up, but started throwing his weight around a little bit more. There's a couple videos of his hits on Twitter. See, I mean, we were discussing this before we got on, but the Leafs development program has been lacking for um, the better part of the last century or so. Give or take. So when we hear that, you know, Hirvonen might not be as far off as we think, isn't he already 21, 22? Or is he only 20 now? Because I feel like every time I hear about people in the Leaf system, I'm like, oh, this person might be good eventually. That sounds promising. And I look them up and I'm like, they're already 22 years old. Like, what do you mean they might be good eventually? Like, what did you do? (laughs) I, and I feel like this is every single player in their system, except for the most recently Lilligren and Sandin have made it in younger. But otherwise, like everyone just sits around until, and it was the same thing with Kadri. Like, I know he had, there was some temperament and um, what's the word? Um, discipline issues with him that kept him out uh, down on the Marlies for a couple of years. But I mean, even then, like the guy was 21 by the time he came up to the Leafs. It's, it's just like the, the story every time. I think a lot of people have to realize how spoiled every team in the NHL has been over the last couple of years, though. That's fair. Because, yes, we've had a lot of players separating in the NHL, but that's pretty rare. Yeah, but it seemed like for a while that was the way that the NHL was trending, where it was, you know, these guys are going to get drafted and immediately jump into the NHL. But I guess, you know, it is the end of a, a long stretch of really good prospects, but... The Leafs have never really, besides Matthews and Marner, and I guess Nylander too, have never had anyone to jump straight in, seems, in the last decade. Like That's because before Dubas, nobody ever focused on drafting and developing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and I've, I've got into this argument many, many times with one of my buddies even, and he keeps bashing Dubas, saying that the team would be much better off if they still had Lou and Mark Hunter. Even if you break down all the drafts that Mark Hunter did, they're garbage. The best players to come out of them were Grundstrom and Dermott. And Lou keeps signing guys that were good 10 years ago because he forgets what year it is every other yeah. week. Yeah, my buddy was saying that, hey, you know, they gave Nylander $7 million. He doesn't really deserve that. His opinion, not mine. He does deserve that now. No kidding. But at the same time, I'd rather pay Nylander 7 than still be paying Zaitsev 5 Oh, for another, what is it, until 27 or something? Or Martin or Komarov as much as I loved Uncle Leo. 
I'm looking up Zaitsev's contract. Seven-year, $31 million contract until 2024. $4.5 million a year from 2017 to 2024. Yeah, Lou Lamorello is a little insane sometimes. I feel like he... He loves his D-listers. He just absolutely... I feel like he's been riding off of, like, success from a while ago. And it's just residual at this point because... Man, some of these contracts just don't make sense. Like Ryan Pollock, eight times six million. I don't. Is that? Yeah, he's a good defenseman. That's that's a that's a good deal. Okay, okay, fine. Kyle Palmieri, <laughs> four times five. Anthony Bolivier, three times four. Ilya Sorokin, three times four. These are the contracts that murder your team. Is the three four million dollar ones. <laughs> Casey Sezikis, two and a half. Adam Pellick, 5.7. Like, I get it. He he just picks his guys, and it's the same thing that Dubas does fine, but, like, I like the guys that Dubas picks better du- than the Dubis guys that, or, or, that Lou has been doubling down on. Or Subas. I'm sorry. Do you want to explain that one? That one went over my head. Sue Greyhounds? Oh, my God. Subas. Okay. Yeah. Good one. Well, just because like one, you're sorry, talking about, he like you know, you know, he picks his guys, right? No, he <laughs> his guys. He picks the he Sue picks Greyhounds. The Sue Greyhounds. <laughs> yeah, but we're, t- we're talking about like Lou Lamorello, right? Like, like look at the t- like. Okay, I'm Darty Berdur, right? Uh, I got my name from Martin Berdur. Followed the Devils for a while, and like, yeah, he loved. I said he loves his D-listers, right? Like, he had a team with John Madden on it. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you guys know who John Madden is? I'm not talking about. Of I'm course. not talking about John Madden, you, the you know from Madden NFL, right? Like, <laughs> or or Andy Green. You, you could afford to do that though, because you had Broder, you had Danico, you had Stevens, you had Niedermeyer, Eliash, Newendijk for a couple of years, Clarkson. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he's put together some good early 2000s teams, but it's like, I don't know. I just think Lou's time's running. <laughs> okay, so uh, moving on. Some weird news came out. Leafs TV is officially ending. Um, I don't really know how to feel about this because I it's not been something that's relevant. Uh, they do the game in 60, which is nice if you missed the game the night before. But since we've been doing this podcast, I've made a point to watch all the games as they're on. Uh, showing the classic games was cool. Um, but it's also... There's something about watching repeats of an entire sports game when you know that it's already over and the outcome's been decided. Like, it's not like watching a repeat of anything else. I just can't do it. I can't even watch, like, legacy games. Know, you might be different. Like, games are actually important. Like, sometimes it's like, it's I don't know, it's, it's over, right? Like, I missed it, that's it. I'm not going to watch it again. <laughs> yeah. Then, then there's me during the lockdown when they started airing things. I was re-watching the whole 93 playoff run and... <laughs> okay yeah no that that tracks it's just like there's something about it that if they had shaped it to nah you know what it's 2022 leafs tv is basically the toronto maple leafs youtube channel at this point there's no point in it being a thing rogers and bell have so much control over broadcasting of sports in canada and on top of that you've got amazon that's jumping into it and you know all the other uh, american streaming and broadcast companies so, look, Leafs TV's time was done. It was from an era before Bell and Rogers were involved. Uh, I remember my dad going to the bar to watch the games that were on Leafs TV because there was, like, I mean, we you said somewhere up 
20 some seasons, but like 10, 15 games could have been on there. For anybody unfamiliar, you know how every season we get like X amount of games on TSN and Hockey Night in Canada and the rest are all on Rogers? Well, before that, Leafs TV got the, I don't know, a handful to a dozen every year. And it was a pain because you had to buy it separately. Um, it was owned by MLSE, but it is no more. So um, today we we give thanks to um, Wait, so the years of Leafs is it, TV. Is it like, was it specifically a cable thing? Like you had to buy cable or buy satellite or whatever to, to watch Leafs TV? Yeah, it was like a premium package standalone channel type thing it probably came with some sports packages depending on who you were with but yeah it was like a single channel or when it came out you could get it individually for a dollar a month really yeah when it first came out i don't remember when i had like good cable tv i do remember back in like 07 08 maybe 09 i had like star choice satellite tv with like you know (laughs) over 500 channels but man these days like i'll be uh, man, I, I, I'm bumming Netflix. All right, like <laughs> I use, I get channel 24, and that's it. All right. Star Choice. <laughs> I own Star Choice now. It reminds me of that uh, Simpsons joke where they go to pay their phone bill and they can't figure out which company to pay because it keeps getting bought out by another company. So Star Choice is now Shaw, which is Bell, I think Rogers, Rogers as well Rogers. now because they. They've linked up with them, right? That was a whole Goddamn thing. Goddamn telcos taking so. over the world. So I haven't paid for cable in four or five years because I figured there's nothing on it worth watching, so I'd stop. I now just pay 24 different subscription services. <laughs> <laughs> I love how this whole golden age of streaming took us <laughs> from like disconnecting from cable because it's too expensive to paying more in individual streaming services launched by the same cable company. And we're like, oh, I don't want channels. I just want everything in one place. Okay, well, this is on Discovery Plus. That's on Hulu. That's on Netflix. That's on Disney Plus. This is on Crave. Like, oh my God, I hate <laughs> and it. And I would just like to speak, various, full circle. speak very clearly. Various points over last year. That none of us have a Cody box um, and none of us are stealing thousands of channels for $35 a definitely year. Definitely not. And none of us would ever steal TV just like we wouldn't steal a car. <laughs> just just NHL 66. <laughs> Please stop sponsor. sending us cease and desist. <laughs> yeah, you know, just last year it was Netflix. Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, Sportsnet Now, TSN, and DAZN. Oh, you got DAZN? I did last year. What are you watching on DAZN? Premier League. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't take you for a premier Here I thought he was... Manchester uh, United. He was talking about the zone with, uh, was it, Carlos Bustamante. <laughs> I thought he was going to say some college hockey or something that they put on DAZN. Um, YTV. And also... In Leafs news, little little sad. Boreas Salming, um, diagnosed with ALS. Very um, unfortunate. He's what in his seventies now. Seventy one. Seventy one. Yeah. Even still, it's just uh, not a not a, a lovely way to um, take on the last couple decades of your life. Uh, wishing him the best in the family and everything. Legend in the Leaf uh, world. If you are not familiar with him, go back and watch clips and. And read up on him because, my God, second best uh, Leafs plus minus of all time behind Tim Horton, as I found out right before we started recording. Um, Justin, you know more about him than I do. Do you want to? So just a quick little rundown on him. 
without Selming, there's a very good chance that we don't see Sundin. We don't see Forsberg. We don't see the Sedins, yes. Nylander, you name it. He was the first European player to come over here and stick and prove that he belonged. Like the Philadelphia Flyers were called the Broad Street Bullies for a reason. They legitimately tried to kill this guy on the ice. They would chase him around, calling him Chicken Swede, swinging their sticks at him, trying to, to chase him out of the league. Jesus. And he stuck in and was one of the top five Leafs of all time. And yeah, like you said, there wouldn't be the likes of Sundin afterwards if not for him. Did you guys ever catch that uh, charity Sundin. game that he played in a couple of years ago? Was it, it was like Salming versus Lindros or something? Um, the Hall of yeah. Fame game, you mean? Yeah, he's been to a couple of those. Um, he, like, Salming actually had a visit from Sundin when they offered Sundin the captaincy. Because Selming nice. was offered it back in the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s, when Sittler was traded. And Selming turned it down because he didn't think that he needed it or he should have it. And when Sundin was offered it, he approached Selming to talk to him about it first. And Selming said it was the worst decision he ever made, not accepting it. Interesting. Hmm. Man, imagine Salming being on the list of Leaf captains of all time. Damn. And he got that real beauty scar, right? Because like he used to he used to be like not that he isn't handsome now, you know, they say men, we age like a fine wine. But uh, you know, when he first came into the league, he had that Willie Nylander style, you know, baby face. And then uh, do you know the story of the scar? The bean? I, I don't know the story, no. so the skate across. So there his you face. go. I knew there was something peculiar about it, yeah. What? Google Boreas Alming's scar. The stitches from his forehead to his chin. The picture that comes up, he's probably holding a kitten. How do you spell the name again? Jesus. B-O-R-J-E-S-A-L. There, yeah. <laughs> Tonight on Spelling with Bean. Oh my good lord. So what happened there? Um, he Known as the worst injury in NHL history. Okay. What happened? Uh, long story short, he got a skate across his face. For anyone who um, is not willing to look this up and doesn't want to see it, uh, I will explain it to you in great detail instead. Because that's so Trigger funny. warning, gore. Basically, he's got a scar. <laughs> yeah, trigger warning if you don't like injuries. Uh, the scar goes from like about an inch and a half above his eyebrow all the way through his eye down to like the corner of his lip. So that is a very, very far and very vital and painful place to get a kind of injury like that. So holy shit. Yeah. The Detroit player lost his balance and actually stepped on his face. Oh, oh my God. What? Yeah. I'm looking at him like recently, that scar is still very much, uh, it's there. It reminds me of like um, like oh, Mark wait. Hamill and after his uh, after his accident. You look at him uh, in a New Hope, and then you see him in. Uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a weird one to learn because, like, you know, as a kid, you're like, eh, I don't like the same, but there's something different. And then you learn as an adult, like, oh, you almost died. <laughs> Holy shit! You know, 
living in, in this hockey town, this great hockey uh, nation that we call Toronto, Ontario, there's always lots of rumors about players and, uh, you know, past and present. But one that always stuck out to Darty <laughs> was that I just like, it's always caught me off guard. So I, I was, I was probably like, maybe barely 20 when I was talking about the Leafs and someone at a bar told me this, but apparently they, this guy has met a Borgia Salming. He claims that Borgia Salming is, is hung like a horse. You've mentioned this before. Damn it. That's the only... That's twice now I've had to hear a story about Salming's dick. So just like... Why are you <laughs> so I don't know if it's true, but you know, apparently this, uh, you know, he's spoken highly of. All right, in this city, in this great city, they have lots of great things to say. Oh man, very tall tales, long, long stories, spin yarns of sports assaulting. <laughs> That's hilarious. Long stories. <laughs> 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 uh, I couldn't let the fans not know. Okay, that's the most appropriate way of saying it. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this started with diagnosed with ALS, uh, and we'll finish with wishing the best <laughs> of the family. I feel. I feel like what, um, if, if there's any player that could stick around as they continue to find and develop cures and treatments, it's going to be Selmy. Oh yeah, fighter. I hope people don't think I'm saying that in like bad uh, faith or anything. I just honestly like. Oh I know God! Borgia, you know, no. honestly, like I'm sure he's. If he ever listens to this podcast, I'm sure he'll get a little chuckle out of that. Right? He seems like the kind of guy who kind of laughed at that, like, like Will Chamberlain esque. You know, like just, just like ah, you son of gun, you sons of a guns, <laughs> you least late night guys. I just picture like the whenever Biz says something and Gretzky's just got to like, oh God, I can't believe I have to acknowledge that you've just said this on TV. Yep, exactly. Um, so we have a little submission here from our, our fave Luke man over in Australia. Uh, who do you think on the Leafs is going to silence the critics this season? And uh, we'll start with Beaner since he's had some more time to think about this. And Darty, you can uh, plan yours. Well, I think it's going to be Matt Murray. I love that. So, okay, <laughs> Steph. Steph. Rest of the audience, I'm no longer talking to you, Steph. I really hope that you heard Jack that. Jack Campbell is elite. Um, no, 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 no. This is just his stuff. Matt Murray is um, is going to silence the critics this year. So um, I just wanted to make sure that you know that that's that's here on record now. Um, this is what happens when you're absent from the show is we get to make claims like this that go unchallenged. So moving on. So for people that don't know. <laughs> I was recently on an episode of Sports is Fun with Marty, and we broke down every goalie in the Toronto system, and that was a lot of fun, and on there I was talking about how I've started to slowly grow more and more excitement and faith into how Murray's going to do this season, because not only does he have a coach and a GM that he's familiar with, he's in a place that he wants to be in him and his dad were hugely fans growing up he has the the head goalie coach slash scout for the Leafs John Elkin has been training Murray in goalie school since Murray was 10 years old whoa okay so it really there's no reason for him not to turn it around the guy's had a great playoff record he's been there before he's still young enough that he can turn it around 
that's the thing is everyone's like, oh, I don't know about the injury history. He's younger than Jack Campbell. <laughs> if Campbell can turn it around here, why can't Murray? Exactly. That's that is exactly what I'm saying. I'm not not dissing Jack Campbell. It's everyone's like, oh, well, he'll come back from the injury. Okay, then why can't Matt Murray? He's like, honestly, it's because the people, the people just medical see him, like, staff. Oh, he's like a crackhead. So like, we can't. We, of course, he can't make it back. Not anymore. Did you see the? Yeah, he looks like he gained some weight. But honestly, that's that's what I'm saying. That's I think feel like that's what people's like prejudice is against him. Is the last time you've seen him, like he looked like he was on dire straits. And you know what? Like you know, that is exact. It's pronounced Kanata. That's. <laughs> But I'm just saying, it's like, you know, check your biases, check your prejudices. Like, the guys went through some some shiznit, and it's, you know, if you see pictures of him now, he looks looks like a brand new guy. And uh, seeing, you know, I'm not going to judge the guy from who he was. I'm judging him right now because, like, it's not like it was a personal issue. It's not like he, you know, killed a guy. Like, he's just <laughs> just going through it mentally, right? Like, we've, we gave Robin Leonard a chance, so why can't Toronto give Matt Murray a chance, right? I don't know. Side note, Robin Leonard out for the season. I hot take. I think that's him just telling the knights to go, go themselves. Oh, hundred percent. Oh, you guys, you guys don't want to have conversation. Okay, have fun with no goalie this year. I'll be Your waiting. Starting goalie for the Vegas Golden Knights, Michael Hutchinson. <laughs> Literally, Letter's going to be sitting there with his agent at home, and they go once they call, then we can talk. But balls in their court. Yo, Hutchinson now. breakout season though, hundred percent. He's gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here! No, I'm not just I know no, he'll be not. a leaf killer too. How about how you fucking bet we play the, the one time we play Vegas? He will stonewall us. All oh, jokes aside, that I'll bet on. Oh yeah, he'll definitely destroy the Leafs when they play him. All jokes aside, Logan Thompson Thompson is actually going to be a very good goalie. He played well for them down the stretch. Just I don't think he's quite ready to be. In a was that the one who barely did it? I like mean, he almost he's got like, almost won. Like because that was this. It was a, like a seven-seven game, wasn't it? And he was like barely holding on or something like that, if I remember correctly. He he was the one who stepped in last year when Leonard went down down the stretch. They could have won with him, right? They were actually putting Thompson in instead yeah. of Leonard when Leonard was back. So I think you're right, Darty. That was the one who did the seven-seven game. I'd be wrong. Just, like, I don't remember the actual score. It just seemed like that game took forever, right? Like it was. It went into what, like triple overtime or something, or like basically they had to. They literally just had to beat him, and they finally, you know, that was it. Was it against Dallas or who was it against? I can't remember anymore. I don't remember. But the point being that Vegas is built in a way that it really doesn't matter who's in net, and if it does, then you've spent your money very badly, like. That team is, I mean, mind you, they've, they've shed Pacioretty and uh, a couple others at this point. But, man, that if you're worried about who's in net with that team, there's a problem. So, most likely to silence the critics. We've got Matt Murray. Darty, what do you think? Well, that would be the obvious answer from me, just because I think I have been the harbinger of uh, Matt Murray is secretly elite, um, sneakily elite. But I... I What's funnily enough, when you asked me to, because I didn't know we were going to do this question because I don't do my homework, when you the, the first person that came to mind when you asked me that question and gave me time to think about it was actually Mitch Marner. So when you when Bean said uh, when Bean said Matt Murray, I was like, fuck, that should have been my answer. So I'm glad Bean went first. So I'm going with with Mitch Marner, all right? Just because we and guys like him on the team, like in the entire top four. But like I'm specifically pointing out Marner just because. I feel like he gets an unnecessarily unnecessary amount of hate. I feel like he, be, because of his contract and because of of um, 
you know, people this off season have been talking about how the boys, specifically him, haven't really gotten any bigger. They haven't been hitting the gym. They've just been partying and having fun. Well, I'm really hoping that this is the season where not only obviously Matthews had a 60 goal season um, last year, but I'm really hoping that Marner also has just a phenomenal breaks every single record he needs to season because uh, I think that will really just finally put the nail in the car. I feel if Marner has Marner has that kind of a season, then there's no doubt we're moving on to the next round. Like if Marner can, because I don't, I don't see Matthews going going getting any worse. So if Marner can can like can just like he's already great, but like let make it legendary. You you pull you pull Marner and Matthews both in that legendary status. Like who's going to stop us, right? Marner was the best right wing in the NHL this year. Ninety seven points. 35 goals, all career highs and everything, well being a mainstay on the penalty. But resting on these laurel That's, resting on our laurels doesn't yeah, mean sure. shit in the playoffs, right? Nobody like I'm not I'm not here to I'm not the I'm not the stats guy. I'm the guy that like talks talks to people who want to complain and people all, constantly complaining about Marner regardless regardless of those stats, correct? Bean, like people are shitting on Marner and Tavares regardless a uh, Nylander, regardless of the the, the paperwork, right? So if we're going to fucking throw the paperwork aside. We're going to throw the stat sheet aside then What's it going to take for Marner to to be you know better than great? Like I'm I'm seeing him step up this season and take it to like again he's already on the next level. But we're gonna I, I, I want to see like a you know like legendary status. Like these guys again these guys can't just rest on their laurels of being good, right? If we're gonna finally make it to to round two, let alone the Stanley Cup playoffs, like these guys have to to kick it into that next gear of like like nobody can stop us. Like we are that good that there's no crying. There's no, you know, feeling like we're a step behind on plays. Like we are always that step ahead. I don't know. Call me crazy. No, I hear what you mean. He's always trending on Twitter. He's always talked about. I don't think it's as much criticism as more just like always part of the discussion, always in the spotlight. So I think he does have the maybe not ability to silence critics, but at least change change conversation narrative. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm going to go with, even though he might not be a Leaf come October or maybe even trade deadline, whatever it is, I think Alex Kerfoot's going to have a really good season. Uh, I think last year he just kind of flew under the radar as like, you know, oh, it's money we can shave. But look, people are quick to say Newlander's overpaid at 7 or 6.9, whatever it is. I mean, his numbers aren't that far off of what Kerfoot was doing for literally half the money. So I feel like he only has room to improve while he's still under this contract. Like could turn into one of the best value deals if he's able to follow up on last season. But if he moves, maybe it's somebody else taking that spot and there's some other candidates there, but what do you have? He had 51 points last year, like for three and a half million dollars. That's pretty good. I think one of the things about Kerfoot is he's very cerebral. So it, he doesn't have to go full bore and have a balls, kid and balls to the wall all the time. Right. Because he knows where to be. So, whereas you see someone like Marner who, even though he knows the game as well, if not better than Kerfoot, he's just going cause he goes. Yeah. Whereas Kerfoot's a lot more efficient, I think. I'm sorry. William Nylander had 80 points this last season, and everybody was still shitting on. He has not even cracked 70 points before. 61 was his his best season, 
the, the thing with Nylander is like the Kovalev syndrome, right? All the skill in the world, just a lot of games. He has multiple shifts that just leave you wanting more. Yeah, it's like it's the numbers versus the the eye test. I can look at these numbers and say, "What Nylander had eighty points? Why are people be? Oh yeah, you know what? I remember all the games that I watched him where it's like you could have had a hundred if you weren't William Nylander. Sometimes, oh my god, it, yeah, great eighty. You had your best season. It should have been more, and all <laughs> of them should have been more. You have the potential. Just smart enough. Yo, uh, fellas, what's going on with Rasmus Sandin? Am I missing something here? Like, uh... What's going on is the Leafs are a million and a half over the cap and still need to offer him something, so don't know how that works. Is he um, is he wearing the, the blue and white, you think, or is that going to be a... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just a matter of, like, whether... You're talking about Alex Kerfoot. Is that something we were talking about this before? Or I know I don't want to bring his name up because otherwise it's going to cause beans blood to boil but <laughs> justin hall how do we solve a problem like justin so hall? <laughs> how do you solve a problem like justin hall well this is the thing we were talking about is if you want sanding to play then trading alex kerfoot doesn't really solve that problem like you're not opening up any space for sanding to jump in it's got to be somebody on the back end and those somebody's are named uh justin mall and uh bake Justin. so um also, Muzzin, yeah. So that's, uh, that's another person that I guess um, an honor, honorable mention could be a breakout leaf, I guess. Or, you know, what, what, what was the, the question again? <laughs> what was it? What, what leafs do we think are going to be? Uh, Silencing yeah. critics. I mean, as he, long as he stays yeah. off the stretcher. That's the thing is if Muzzin's healthy, that's enough to silence the critics. Like if he plays a full season healthy, then he's, nobody's going to say like he'd be... it. The only time people start talking about him is when he's not there or when he's not fully there you know if he's playing at like 50 percent, then it's pretty fucking obvious what are you doing there bean uh, so petting the cat <laughs> oh no i'm trying to <laughs> trying to use the touch screen instead of my mouse uh, so um all in all there's not there's not a ton but there's a lot of little things simmering like we've been we've been talking about for the sandine thing until Kadri gets signed, there's so much that's just up in the air, like so many deals that need to happen. And we don't know, like there's teams that have a ton of even like double digit cap space left. So, you know, they're all waiting to see what happens with these last few names. And then once those fall, then everyone can start handing out league mins to the guys that are left. But it's like, all of this is still lying on one dude. Who may or may not have signed with Lou Lamorello already? I was gonna say if we already know oh, the number, yeah. then why can't we just sign these guys? I don't know. It's the, uh, I don't know. It's starting to it is starting to drag on. But do you think? But, uh, go for it. I think the thing is, so, sorry, Darty. Um, I think the thing is that you have all these teams that are waiting to see what happens with some of these free agents, and then if they're in or out, then that'll say whether or not they have the ability to trade for a Kerfoot or a hall or someone from any other team, yeah. right? Because if you're in on, on Kadri and then you don't get him, it's okay, well, what's plan B? But plan A, until that domino falls, and I don't blame them, it has to be, how do we get Nazem Kadri? And every owner is going to be telling their GMs that the same thing. Do we see me. this Sandian contract going into like the regular season, like uh, like a Nylander and a Marner, or are we going to get this done before? Like, wh- What are we predicting here? I don't think so. Um, 
don't either. Like, we touched on this before. I think there's some bad blood there from, like, the bubble year. When on paper, he would go back and forth between the Marlies and the Leafs to try to save every cap dollar. He wants to be compensated for those missed days. Yep. Sure. But he's also been injured. So, look, he's got to realize it's not all been the team's fault. Like, things have happened that are out of their control. But, like, Lily's getting 1.4. So, Sandine realistically max 2-1. Exactly. Which, if they can clear up... Justin Hall. Justin Hall and throw two guys down to the Marlies. That's your Sandine, so... And now here's my other question. If Sandine is to push this into the regular season, is he relevant enough that this that actually makes sense? Because like obviously for a guy like Nylander and Marner, they're they're relevant enough that like they can command that kind of respect um, from other teams if they they don't get picked up. But um uh a Sandine, like if he's to push that contract, you think anybody like would want to give him the time of day? It was like, yo, you you're not even a two million dollar player. What the fuck? Like <laughs> I think So just because he's more of a long-term investment, like if it was somebody that they were trying to play this year that was supposed to be at a one or two slot on defense, then they would say like, come on, like, look, you're coming in here to help us. But with Sandine, it's, it's a two way street where they developed him. They want him there long-term. It's just a matter of finding that, you know, where the relationship's at right now and where he wants to be and uh, what that costs to him and what it costs. Just like you have your pride, but you also don't want to be too I, much I, of a I think pain they, in the ass that people start to think, man, this guy's kind of a prick, right? <laughs> exactly. Because we saw what happened with Nylander and Marner. Like, people were really quick to turn to them. And it's taken a couple of years, honestly, for people to get over that. So, all right. I think that's where we're at with Leafs and hockey and everything. I really have to pee. So we're going to call it here. Um, (laughs) This has been Leafs Late Night presented by Inside the Rink. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and on Twitter and follow Inside the Rink. Check out their website, insidetherink.com, for all your NHL news and such. We'll be back back soon. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. And join our Twitch live stream to watch uh, Johnny's Turtle live for 24 hours. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) hockey. (laughs) Fucking, what are we doing? Why are Are we we still recording? Why are we doing a podcast? I don't know, man. <laughs> and action. I can trim around things. Um, it's August 16th, and not much has happened in the hockey world. A lot of people are on vacation, but uh, we have some things that we're going to talk about because the odd thing happens, and it's been a week, so we let it all simmer. So we can deliver you uh, a little concise breakdown of uh, all that's happened since you probably last cared about hockey. Uh, so, World Juniors are going on. That's been weird. I don't know. Uh, Justin and I were kind of talking about before we got on the air here, but Darty, have you been watching any of it? I have not, but I have seen uh, enough clips of it to know that it seems like there's not that many people physically there. Is that like a COVID-related thing or just nobody wants to go watch the World Juniors? <laughs> See, everybody's been kind of saying, oh, you know, this is what happens when you get hockey in the summer. But I think people were still watching the NHL when it was played in the summer. 
this may be a trickle-down effect of all the BS that's been going on with Hockey Canada over the last little while, which realistically is a good thing if that's why people aren't going, because it's less money going into their pockets so they can hide sexual assault claims again. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the aside to that is people will watch NHL hockey no matter what month of the year it's on. Like, professional sports kind of have that advantage. I think the junior sports, this is kind of an effect of doing it in the middle of the summer, right? Like, people only care about it when it's in that, you know, everybody's home for the holidays and New Year's, and it just lands in that time where people happen to be together, and it's kind of a tradition where, you know, in Canada you can get together with everybody and cheer for Team Canada, but... Are the tickets I mean, pricey? Because like I, I would assume that everybody's broke yeah. right now because of gas. Even if gas is like a buck fifty, like it's you know we're going through a lot. You know, food prices, crisis in, around the world. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think there's a lot of factors that um, that can lead to this. But honestly, even watching at home, it's just not been. I'm not interested in watching it right now for a number of reasons. But uh, that being said, congrats to Latvia for winning a game. You know, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes winning a game is all it takes to make the headlines, and winning a game is all that your country needs to say, we did it for once. So, you did uh, it. Good for them. Good for you. Good for them. Shout, shout out to defenseman Ralph Spurgmanis. Got his first three goals of the tournament. He scored the go-ahead goal and then two goals to ensure it. And he's a stay-at-home defenseman who had, what did he have here in the USHL for Sioux City? He had like 40 points this year. For some reason, it's not loading for me right now. We got a lot of things on one internet. And a really cool name at that, right? So, Yeah, and who were they playing against that they won their one game? Who got the... Uh... He took the, the title of losing to <laughs> Latvia for the first time. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's not, like, it's not some random country. Like, they have hockey players. Like, come on. <laughs> you okay there, Dirty? Yeah, I was choking a little bit because I figured that, that would be uh, uh, Roscoe's next Hallmark movie, Losing to Latvia. <laughs> what? <laughs> it'd be like a, it'd be like a love story where the, you know the hockey is someone the, you know you're on the losing team but somehow you still win you know i don't know win the <laughs> win the hearts of the, the people at home in czechia <laughs> oh my god the, you know what i'll make it happen i'll, well, I'll get to, to writing it well just to go off of ho- hockey a little bit has anybody seen the the purple hearts movie that uh people have been talking about on uh, netflix no, what is it? Well, it's very like Hallmark esque, but it's like it's like the weirdest concept movie. It's this um, this lady who was like she wants to be a singer or is a singer. You can tell how much I watch this movie, and uh, she's got diabetes, I think, and she can't because in the states they can't afford their medication there because they don't have uh, lots of services. So, so she marries this uh, a marriage of convenience. She marries marries this uh, marine who also happens to be like this ultra conservative, right? Like he's, you know, him and the boys are like, you know, locker room talk, you know, everything we talked about this last past season, that's the kind of boys they are. And, and somehow they fall in love. And then there's, there's no, there's, I don't know, something, something happens and they, they fall out of love and then they fall back into love again. But I, <laughs> I just figured it's, it's, it's honestly such a the shit show of a movie. Like, it's like, I don't know who decided it was, it was a good idea or who, who, you know, probably the same people who thought, you know, sharks in a tornado, would be a good idea. 
I'm sorry. So was this? This is totally not hockey related. You just want to tell us a bad movie you saw on Netflix. <laughs> I was trying to find like where this was going, how you were going to connect this back, but it was just bad. It's just That's a bad it? movie. I just it's, it's kind of okay. left me kind of left that me startled. But also because because you know I, I'm not sure if people know that you you know you happen to you know direct film and uh, you know I just figured I'd bring it right back to what we do in the in the off season. <laughs> 